The Gospel reading was taken from Mark 8, verses 31 to 38. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I am very, very enthusiastic about our Lenten theme, further up and further in. Because as we were discussing our Lenten theme and Catriona was explaining to us that Lent is not so much about abstaining from or going through all these hard things like fasting, but actually about going deeper a layer deeper into our faith. It made me think of, believe it or not, fairy tales. For those that know me a little, it doesn't really take a lot to get me thinking about Lewis or Tolkien. But as we were talking about going deeper into faith, my mind took me to this little sentence that can be found in one of the last chapters of the Chronicles of Narnia. Narnia, for those who haven't read it, is about the adventures of children in Narnia together with a lion named Aslan, whose character has parallels to the person of Jesus. In the last book of Narnia, in one of the final chapters, we find the king of Narnia and two children around a stable. I can't tell you the whole story, but when they enter into the stable, they discover there's a whole world behind its door, finding themselves in this world and falling at their feet growing ever more beautiful, bright and true. And when they take fruit from the trees that are growing there, they discover that it's the best they've ever eaten. The grass is sharper and the sky is bluer. And then they hear a voice saying, Come, further up and further in. It is Aslan's invitation to go further into the world behind this stable. A voice challenging them to go deeper, telling them to follow its sound. A voice that eventually will lead them to Aslan himself. And again and again this voice rings through the landscape, come further up and further in. And we hear the same voice in the Bible passage of this evening. Christ telling the people around him to come and follow him, to go further up and further in. However, as he explains what it means to go further up and further in, we may get a little uncomfortable. 
What he is asking is quite challenging. Jesus doesn't promise them a powerful, new, strong Israel after having conquered the Romans. Instead, somehow following Jesus has to do with very hard and confronting things, such as denying yourself, taking up a cross, losing your life and laying the world aside. Well, that's not what Peter signed up for. Yes, he wanted to go deeper, but he had pictured something very different. He wanted to go to war with Jesus and his followers, to war against the Romans. Now Jesus is saying he ought to do the exact opposite. They are to become losers. I can imagine his frustration. Well, hello, Jesus. If we're to win this thing, we'll need a bit more than that. We can't win with denying ourselves, losing lives or a cross. But with Jesus, it is always quite the opposite of what people around him may have expected from a messiah. Jesus' plan never involved an army, violence, power or money. His plan was to serve, even to death. So when Jesus rebukes Peter, I imagine he says something like, You know, Peter, my way of doing things is very different from the world's way of doing things. And then, after having rebuked Peter and turning to those around him, saying, If you want to go further up and further in with me, if you want to go deeper, if you want to follow me, we're going to do it my way. So when Jesus is telling the people around him that following him means denying yourself and taking up your cross, it means turning away from the ways of the world and instead doing the Jesus kind of thing, loving and serving the other. Which I think often is way more revolutionary than overturning the powers of the world. And like Peter and the others around Jesus, that same sentence can be heard today, asking us to go further up and further in. But following Jesus does mean we do it on his terms, doing it his way. And he doesn't promise that it's going to be easy. Christ says that following him is denying yourself, taking up a cross and losing the world. But what does that mean and how do we do that? Well, I think fasting might give us some answers. In the Bible, fasting is often seen as a way to prepare people for going deeper with God, going a step further in and further up in faith. For example, Moses fasts before he goes up to the mountain to meet God. And the prophets in the Old Testament often fast before they receive God's word. And Jesus himself. He goes to the desert for 40 days and 40 nights to fast, to prepare him for his ministry. And so fasting may also be seen as a way to prepare us to go deeper with Christ, as a way to go further up and further in with him. Just like we learn from this passage that being a disciple isn't easy, so fasting isn't quite easy. And just as Jesus asks us to give things up, so fasting is about giving things up. But what is it about fasting that helps us to go further up and further in with Jesus? 
a good friend of Lewis, called Tolkien, said that one of the functions of fairy stories is that it offers an escape. We are prone to think within the limits or boxes that we make to see the world. We see the world through our limiting and colored lenses. But in order to break free from those boxes, says Tolkien, we are in need of an escape. Not one that leads to escapism. We're not to walk away from our responsibilities or from the reality of our circumstances. It's quite the opposite. The world of imagination and fantasy removes those things that are insignificant. The world of imagination and fantasy removes the prejudices, boxes and limits of our categories. In other words, if we don't sometimes escape from this world, we unnecessarily limit ourselves to the narrow boxes that we have created. And through escaping to a world like Narnia or Middle-earth, we are reminded of the curious and fantastic things in the real one. So, Tolkien concludes that fairy stories, or fantasy, are absolutely crucial because it frees us and it gives us an escape from the things that are insignificant. And it draws us into what really matters, into the underlying deep motives and powers that are at play in the world. And I don't know if you've noticed, but in Middle-earth it's not about what denomination, fraction, political party or ideology a hobbit is part of. It's all about the choices that are made to do good in the fight against evil. It's all about doing good when it gets hard. And much like fantasy offers us this escape, opening us to what really matters in this world, so does fasting. Because fasting pulls us out of the patterns and habits that have become so self-evident. It stops us for a moment and lets us see what really matters. Putting things in a whole new perspective. So you might say, fasting is the ultimate exercise or preparation for following Jesus. The ultimate exercise of doing things his way. But that doesn't explain why it has to be hard. Haven't we been fasting enough? We've unwillingly become experts in giving things up last year. But the difference between the fasting or the giving things up that we've experienced last year during the pandemic has little to do with the fasting of Lent, let alone with going further up and further in with Christ. Unlike the corona regulations, fasting is about that escape Tolkien talked about. And Tolkien said the escape should always lead to freedom. And I think fasting should also always lead to freedom too. Instead of seeing fasting like just another thing that may suffocate us, how about seeing it as a way leading into freedom? So, if we're fasting from social media, it may free us from the idea that we need likes, follows or comments to know that we are seen. And fasting from things like alcohol or candy frees us from the idea that these things are self-evident and learns us how blessed we actually are. 
and fasting from Netflix or television frees us from the idea that we are malleable, that our lives, ourselves, even our bodies are malleable. It frees us from the idea that we're never enough until we've reached what we see on our screens. And fasting from Netflix or television may actually help us to understand that before all of that, we are already loved. And fasting from meat or other animal products frees us to see how God's life is in everything around us and how beautiful all of creation is and the joy it brings when we discover that we are part of it too. In other words, fasting helps us understand that we don't need anything to be loved or to be seen. We don't need to succeed according to the world to be loved or seen by our Heavenly Father. So when Jesus invites us to go further up and further in with him, when he asks us all these hard things, it's not because he wants us to have a difficult life. It's because he wants us to see that we are more free, real and loved in his world than in the world we made. And so when Jesus in tonight's gospel reading asks us to deny ourselves, it's because he says, when you do, you can break free from the world you have created and enter into the world I have created. And when he says, take up your cross, it's because he says, when you do, it frees you to drop the burden others put on you and take up my yoke, which is light. And when he says, don't cling too much to life, it is because he says, when you do, it allows you to let go of the fears and the worries that you have about tomorrow and instead start seeing every day as the gift that it is. So when Jesus says, don't try and win the world, it's because he says, the real thing is the kingdom of heaven and you'll find that real thing if you follow that voice that says come further up and further in fasting is these things of christ put into practice it is practicing the breaking down of walls that hold us back from entering jesus world and remember even if we can't see the hope or freedom yet it doesn't stay lent forever lent every year is followed by resurrection day and then the fasting stops. So whatever you do during Lent, whether it's ambitious or nothing at all, Lent is not about performing or ambition. It's all about going further up and further in, only to find the freedom that is in Jesus' way of doing things. Finding an escape from the burdens of this world and entering into the life-giving abundance of Christ's world. And if Lent is about that, then maybe it's not about what we have to do, what we have to leave or abstain from. But then Lent is about finding places of freedom. Finding what it is that breaks down the walls that lay so heavy on our lives. So the question I want to leave with you is where do you find that life-giving freedom that brings you further up and further in. And if even that sounds like too much this year, maybe you'll find the escape you need in a good fantasy story. Amen.